0: Hello, I am Katarina Sliva. I am a partner at Denton's in the real estate group. I'm also the head of our land use planning, municipal and development law group. I help our developer and landowner clients secure zoning and other development approvals for their projects. I am the lead of our Canada Smart Cities think tank. I'm also your host for the Smart Cities chat podcast series brought to you by Denton's. This podcast series covers a broad range of topics within the smart city space. Everything from drones, communication, 5G, privacy and related issues, P3s, transportation and smart mobility, sustainable, smart communities, and much, much more. You can find our episodes at www.dentons.com on our podcast page. There you can access our episodes as well as an episode description for each topic and information on our speakers. And now over to our podcast.
1: Hello, everyone. My name is Deanna Betley, and I'm an associate with the Land Use Planning and Municipal Law Group. I'm joined today by Kevin Beaudet, who is the director of MidRise at Kaivin. Kiven is a developer, which was originally based out of Ottawa and now has expanded into the GTA. Throughout his career, Kevin has been involved with very smart and sustainable developments. Thank you so much for joining us today, Kevin. Thanks for having me. On this episode of the Smart Cities chat series, we'll be focusing on geothermal energy and how it contributes to sustainable development. Kevin, could you please provide us with some background on what geothermal energy is?
2: Sure. Uh, So geothermal energy is a green solution uh, where you use the land below the buildings as a giant heat sink. You can kind of think of it like a giant battery where you put the heat into the ground uh, when you're not using it, like in the summertime and then you extract it during the winter period. So it's a constant system of exchanging heat with the ground.
1: Okay, and that's super interesting. How would geothermal energy contribute to sustainable communities?
2: So the way that it contributes is, there's, there's a couple different ways, but the biggest one is that you're not burning fossil fuels to create the heat that you would be otherwise using fuel like gas to, to create for the, those heating months. Um, the other thing that it's doing is you're not needing to use as much water for the system, um, so you are, you're all already saving the condo a lot of money, as well as the, the municipality not having to treat that water, and then you don't need as much of the HVAC system because it's recovering all that heat, so you don't have the same level of heat loss through uh, the geothermal system that you would on a traditional system.
1: Does geothermal energy only apply to condo buildings or is it can it be used in standalone development too?
2: Do you mean like a low rise project? Yes. Um, It's harder in a low rise project. There are some that have deployed it, but more typically it's used on commercial and uh, mid and high rise projects just because you have a larger amount of land and you have more density on the block so you can make it more economically feasible.
1: What are the impacts of incorporating geothermal energy into developments from a developer perspective and from a consumer perspective?
2: So from the developer perspective, um, there's a couple of different ones. Uh, there's, there's a marketing perspective, obviously, because you're using a green technology and, and there's a lot of consumers starting to look for that as part of the development that they wanna live in. Uh, there's also the, the critical one, which is money. So there's a cost avoidance because you don't have to build as much of the mechanical penthouse and you don't need as much mechanical equipment sitting on the building. So you have the cost avoidance of building that. And then you also have uh, either the reuse uh, of that space or you can deploy it as as just, you know, you just don't need to use it anymore for a mechanical penthouse.
1: Would you recommend that developers incorporate geothermal energy into their projects?
2: I would say it's, Needs to be evaluated on a case-by-case case basis for each project but uh, it's definitely a system that I think has a lot of viability to, to each project and you okay. should definitely consider it um, if you're looking at a large enough project.
1: Right are there any projects that you're currently um, involved in that are not confidential that you can speak about that have incorporated geothermal energy and what the impacts have been?
2: Yeah, so right now we we have uh, the Sawwet condos in Oakville, Ontario, uh, where we are going to be deploying our geothermal. We're just waiting on our permits that we uh, can start drilling, Um, but we've sold the project and we know that we're moving forward with geothermal there. Um, The way that we chose to redeploy uh, the space that would have otherwise been mechanical penthouse is We have built a a green roof, and we've used it as exterior space, both common amenity as well as private rooftop spaces.
1: I've seen that development. It's amazing. It's going to be a really great project. Do you know of any other municipalities that have been incorporating geothermal energy or that are thinking of incorporating geothermal energy?
2: Yeah, so in addition to our project in Oakville, there's several other projects in Oakville. Um, that are also using geothermal. Mississauga is looking at it as well as district energy, and Toronto is also being uh, quite forward with trying to get geothermal and district energy used as much as possible.
1: I know we had previously spoke about the Toronto geothermal permit. Would you be able to elaborate more on that?
2: Yeah. So, what Toronto has just recently done is they've created a geothermal specific permit, and the purpose of that is to try and create a guideline that's more easily understood by both the developer and the consultant team, but also by the municipal reviewers so that the process can move forward in advance of the rest of uh, some of the underground and the, the main building permit. And it breaks it out and, and it speeds up the overall process because that way the reviewers are really looking at only the geothermal and then the mechanical design can for the rest of the building can be done independent of that.
1: Right, so it sounds like it's standardizing the process and making it a little bit easier for developers.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it's helping the developers, but it's also helping the municipality.
1: Right. I guess that's helping the municipality be a little bit more organized and get the process moving quicker. Right. Do you have any parting words for us or any else you anything else you can say about geothermal energy?
2: Yeah, I would say that from a, uh, geothermal perspective, there's a couple uh, different companies that are working in that space. Uh, Diverso Energy, as well as Subterra Renewables, are two of the main ones that have the most experience in the GTA. Uh, And I know that Diverso is also across Canada, and they've got uh, about 50 projects that are deployed. And so if you're considering any geothermal projects, I would definitely look at at those two companies to help you evaluate your site and see if you're a good candidate.
1: Great. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Kevin.
2: Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for having me.
0: Dentons is a global legal practice providing client services worldwide through its member firms and affiliates. This episode is not designed to provide legal or other advice, and you should not take and refrain from taking action based on its contents. Please see Dentons.com for legal notices. Speakers From this podcast episode and any other professional in our group will be pleased to speak with you on today's topic or any other topic related to smart cities. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for other episodes in our Smart Cities Chat podcast series.